come on and sit down and watch this with me. You know you want to watch it. And I want you to watch it too. Come on. Okay, so here's my problem, and I think that anybody who thinks about this for like more than a few seconds is going to have the same idea. But it's like, once he has the reality gem, that should be the end of the movie. Well, yeah, that's, I mean... It's like, he has the reality gem, so it's like, oh, I could just remake reality where there's no Avengers, I win. Well, I think that the reality gem, like, only works within, like, a certain space, like, and so... <laughs> I like think... all of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> spoiler alert for anyone that wants to yeah, watch. Infinity War I just had to get this off my chest because it's been like well, I love the movie, but this has been bothering me since I saw it. Well, right. I've thought of the same thing like since the first time I like you know like heard about this whole thing, like the Infinity Stones, <laughs> like Infinity Gems originally. Right. But I was like, yeah, like wouldn't you just need to get the reality gem and then like right find yourself in a reality where you yeah. have all of the stones. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. He just makes right. reality where but, he's got all of them now. Like, I, 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 heads up for, for fans of Avengers or whatever. I mean, I guess we're not spoiling too much. Y'all know what... It's been know, like Thanos, a month at yeah. this point. But like, like, you know, Thanos is collecting, you know, the gems or whatever and one of them's reality. And this is the same problem that's in uh, Harry Potter with Hermione and the and time the traveling time amulet. Oh, yeah. It's like, you can end the series right here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, if you think too hard about it kind of yeah. fucks up you everything. just have to take that as a conceit just to like right yeah we have this one thing that like breaks the universe if you think about it but right. if you don't think about it it's fun yeah. yeah like like any kind of like time traveling you know but it also you know plays into the whole thing yeah we'll, we'll, we'll discuss this well, I don't know. i'd like to think yeah. that like i don't know maybe they just uh and, 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 and I, again i'm not like super super like in depth like about like all of the infinity stones and all yeah. of that but I don't know. I'm thinking that like maybe it's like oh well, in order to like amplify their power enough to do that, you would have to have all of them in the right. first place. So that's the only like thing that I can think of that would be an out for that. But they never in any way like really explain enough of how it works for us to be like well, right. This well, is how it would need to be in order for that to happen. Because I mean, doesn't Doctor Strange have the time? One? Yeah. Yes. Well, like that sounds just as fucking powerful, if not more. You know, like where he could just rewind time and just you know, it to a point that. I mean, yeah, they could, could fix it all yeah. or whatever. You know, or like fast forward to a time that, like, I don't know, like, or just stop time and and or just yeah, stop pull the glove off or yeah, yeah, the yeah, Zach Morris is yes. the worst. <laughs> He, he's kind of bad. <laughs> he's like There's a the whole funnier series called <laughs> yeah. Zach Morris' Trash where they oh, just really? outline all the horrible things that Zach Morris does on Save by the Bell. Check it out. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, no, he's the worst. <laughs> yeah. right. Are we ready, guys? <laughs> yeah, we are. <laughs> all right. Hey, everyone. Welcome to yet another episode of I Want You to Watch This. Um, I'm your host, as always, Dennis, and I'm joined by my two sweaty and angry co-hosts <laughs> colin and craig how, how are dare you? you say ah, that to me calm down sir you know show no respect 
I mean, I don't know. I think, you know, you guys, they're all just horrible. Like, there's just all of them. Like, they're just, what's the point even? Yeah. They're just... They're scum. You know yeah, what they're, they're scum. like. scum. All the people are right. like, they're just, you know... What, you could smell the filth on me? Yeah. I grew up in the same kind of slum. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, don't take it personal. We don't saw, take it personal. We, we saw 12 Angry Men. There's a lot of shouting. There's a there's, lot of sweat. There's so much you shouting. You can feel the stale air while yeah. watching this movie yeah. in that deliberating room. What is it? Deli- Deliberation jury deliberation room? Yeah, yeah. Jury room. Jury room. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, so rural it, room. <laughs> the rural jury. The rural jury. The rural jury. Well, this wasn't rural. It was New York. Yeah. Yes. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. 12 Angry Men. Classic film. 1957. This is brought to us by Colin Munch. Hey, I said your last name. Yeah, you um, but you say it every time. I anyways, do. Because <laughs> I'm not yeah. like worried about you handle. blowing my <laughs> anonymity. <laughs> He's secretly a troll, you guys. Right, like. yeah. Get him. <laughs> it's part of his hashtag. Uh, anyways, uh, Colin uh, brought this movie to us. Um, so I'm going to pass it off to him to introduce 12 Angry Men. So yeah, 12 Angry Men is a movie from 1957. It's directed by Sidney Lament. Um, it's about a jury of guys who are on a murder trial. And they have to decide whether the defendant is guilty or innocent. And if he is found guilty, he will be put to death. Uh, It starts out that all of the jurors except for one are voting guilty. And over the course of the entire film, um, he kind of convinces everyone one by one why there is a reasonable doubt to whether this guy is guilty or not. He keeps introducing little flaws with each of the um, cases against him. Not saying that he's necessarily not guilty just that there is doubt and that's kind of the whole film it unravels over a course of an hour and a half of him just convincing everyone yeah that was one of the things that did kind of bug me throughout is that they kept saying innocent and i'm like innocent and not guilty are two very different yes. things right uh and he kept saying like innocent and it's like no he he's not necessarily innocent right there's just enough reasonable doubt for you to declare this not guilty correct like and that was just like one thing one little thing that was like kept bugging me throughout this whole thing i felt like they they were like kind of put like there was members in there they were like policing that fact you know like where like henry fonda never he's like well yeah, i'm henry not saying fonda keeps saying i don't know yeah i don't he's know he's not saying not like saying... i think he's innocent he just keeps saying i don't know right yeah, yeah. and um uh, i i've sat on jury and after watching this movie i kind of wish it was like mandatory viewing for anyone that's about to sit on a jury <laughs> because explaining the concept of reasonable doubt to other people is very frustrating like it is. It really is. Like, I don't think a lot of people understand that. And that's kind of like the root of this movie is is understanding that concept of reasonable doubt. Like, yeah. Um, I, and it does a fantastic job. I like how they even go into like constitutional law where it's like the defendant doesn't have to say shit to defend himself. It's up to the prosecution. Yeah, the burden of yeah. proof is on the prosecution. Right. The whole concept of that you're innocent until proven guilty. You know, that's that's a very important thing in this country and that you know we, you have you are you are you know allowed uh, uh, to be tried by a jury of your peers yeah. and and like other countries I, <laughs> we'll, we'll get, we'll to get that. into yeah, it is it is 1957 right. yeah. it's it's on paper I'm like, not ah, necessarily ah, 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 practice yeah. uh, we'll get into the the various things in this movie but i mean i just you know it's it's an important concept of this yeah. country and it's specific to this country there's other countries that don't practice it you know that you you don't really realize that like um like russia for instance it's the complete opposite you're guilty until proven innocent like they straight up lock people in cages in the jury because they just they're guilty until they can be proven innocent yeah so um i'm don't quote me on that i'm not entirely certain this is just you know some 
I've heard it from a podcast that I can't really guarantee. We're, we're the lovers, fact. not experts. Exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, I just I really like that aspect that it really you know went into that whole yeah. thing. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and I do think that um, you know, despite again the time frame that this movie takes place in, uh, I definitely think that like. Regardless of the fact that it was like, you know, like 12 white men who were, uh, you know, the jury of peers over this 18 year old kid. Yeah, this kid who, like, the the ethnicity is left ambiguously on purpose. Right. But it's. But I don't know if that was, like, intentional in terms of. I I, I feel like it was intentional that they left the ethnicity, like, specifically out of it. But, um, I mean, I guess that's probably just how things were then. Like, it was just you just were on a jury if you're a white male like i just well i mean the, the other people served on juries but i think it was not uncommon for a jury back then just to be made up of a bunch of white guys yeah. there, there was a woman's restroom in that jury room so they definitely you know didn't restrict so they have yeah. like white women sometimes and, right. and in later iterations of the stage play they've changed it to like 12 angry people and like half of the characters are fe- are women okay. in like later iterations of the of the play right and yeah, but I, I also, but I think it was also a good way to examine again, like the, the reasonable doubt and actually taking into, uh, you know, people's like bias mm, and yeah, using that as a as a way to in. explore like the difference between like what evidence there is and what you believe, you right. know, in terms of what you're seeing in a case versus what is actually being presented and what is actually being told. And those conclusions that people, you know, leap to, right. you know, in those cases based off of their own bias. So yeah. I thought it was really good at exploring that. Most, uh, most yeah. definitely. And, and like it, like I couldn't help but kind of snicker, like, you know, kind of like thinking it's like, like, like I mean, the ethnicity of like the guilty party or whatever you know of the accused of the of the accused i mean he could be like just italian you know yeah. like, yeah. they're all just like well those filthy italians you know and like and, and like i couldn't help but think it's like man if like they cast like an african-american for that role uh, not even henry fonda i think would have well, been like they, oh well he might be innocent you know like, they don't even give a credit to like the kid who there's only one shot of who's the right. person who's accused they don't give a credit to the judge the only people who are credited in this movie are the jurors and they aren't even given character names because the movie doesn't have to give them character names. No. They're just jurors one through 12. Yeah. Right. I mean, we get like what Davis and McClary. At yeah. The like the yeah. last lines of yeah. the movie are like these two men like introduce themselves by their names. Right. And that's the, like the end of the movie is like, yeah. this is my name. Well, see you later. See you yeah. later. <laughs> <laughs> we just saved the kid's life. Yeah. Um, yeah, gosh. Uh, let's let's get into it. Um, I love the cold open. I love how it's just like this bored judge just being like, oh, yeah, he's so bored. Yeah, he's like with the ultimate responsibility, like yeah, his reasonable life is in your girl, hands. you know. <laughs> but that like builds so much character as to what this whole thing is. It's right. Like it's supposed to be this open and shut case. Like even the judge is like, yeah, they're gonna deliberate for two minutes and they're gonna come back with a guilty verdict. Let me get to my squash game. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And um, I love. I also love how you know it comes from that. And then, like, there's the title scene of them, like, all, you know, walking into the jury room. And then the whole movie takes place in that jury room. Uh, that's my favorite thing about it is, like, the I whole movie is just in this, like this one room. Right. It reminded yeah. me of that, uh, what was that really cool movie we saw, like, a year Man ago? Man from Earth? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I, I wrote that down. I was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just, the entire movie is dudes sitting around talking. Well, dudes sitting around shouting. Yeah. But. <laughs> Specifically, like, two 
pretty prejudiced dudes yeah. shouting at, you know. Well, so it was like one was dudes. like. First of all, it was like there's like no Jesus in this movie, so we can get that one out of the way, thankfully. What do you mean? <laughs> Just man from Earth. No. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, Jesus okay. wasn't in this movie. I was like, no, it wasn't really religious either. No, they didn't um, mention Jesus. <laughs> but no, like one was like, I feel like his. His struggle, I feel like, was supposed to be more with the fact that, like, he was just prejudiced against, like, young people. No, it was like, that he's like, harboring resentment towards his son. Well, yeah, yeah, I know. That's what, like, yeah, it was, like, because his, his relationship with his son was yeah, so like, bad. Reverse daddy it issues. was, like, because, like, this, yeah, this, like, guy was, like, a young, you know, young man who, like, reminded him of, like, his son, like, and kind of, like, being troubled. Was like that was like that's his prejudice. the prejudice that he's carrying. Yeah. Into it. yeah, and then the other guy was just like straight up racist. He's just super <laughs> racist. So the the guy who no, nah, you're um, one of the good ones. Like yeah. that guy is like, I grew up in a slum. What the fuck are you yeah, talking about? Like, like, nah, you're one of the good yeah, ones. Yeah, he's like, it's like don't take it personal. <laughs> After being like, all people from slums are trash <laughs> and they stink and they're fucking shit. And he's just like, I'm from the slums. And he's like, oh well, don't take it. Don't personal. take it so personal. Yeah. Why are you gotta get all wrapped up about things? Why are you being so yeah. sensitive? Yeah, that was uh, journey number five. The, uh, the guy who. Um, is the real hothead who is like resentment towards his son is Lee J. Cobb, who was one of the top character actors of like three decades. Nah, he was in like everything, both stage and screen. Like this was the guy. And the other guy, the guy who was the racist, did he look familiar to either of you at all? He was a, he was a senior, right? He's a, what's his name? Well, I read the, uh, he I might look familiar because you were more familiar with his son. That that, is that's what I was saying. He's a senior. Ed Bagley, Ed Bagley Sr. Right. Yeah. God dang it. Do you listen to the words coming out of my mouth? <laughs> <laughs> well, like, said he's a senior. Like, and yeah, I'm he's like, old. Yeah, he's yeah. an older gentleman. <laughs> I don't know. He's like, like a septuagenarian. Like, he's I don't a know, senior. Like... <laughs> I read the title. I read the... Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> it was your phrasing, Dennis. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just I, I wrote down like when they went over like each juror and like how they like felt about each thing. It was like num- the first number one juror was the foreman, the head juror, and uh, he had a guilty. You know, he thought he was guilty. They all thought he was guilty except for juror number eight. Uh, number the number two juror, he, he his first feelings was it was just a feeling, I guess. You know, he was kind of like a mousy accountant guy. Um, it was the third juror was the real jerk. Uh, I write, I wrote conservative, heartless fuck. I love how like his only <laughs> argument is uh like you bleeding hearts. Like yeah. that insult cracks me up. It's like I care. Yeah. <laughs> also, yes, hearts bleed. Like yeah. that, that's what they do. They like pump blood throughout the body, that's... and that's how they work. And. How is this an insult? <laughs> I, I like how you wrote down that he's like the heartless conservative. I wrote down that he's toxically masculine. Oh, oh yeah, 100%. Both <laughs> of those things. <laughs> um, and then number four um, was a... Uh, um, his one was, um, the boy's story was flimsy. He's a fact man. He's yeah, the guy he's, with the jury glasses. number four is the yeah. analytical guy. Right. Yeah. And then number five, pass, he was from the ghetto. And so, like, he just didn't really have much to say at that beginning point. I think he was, like, kind of cowed into voting guilty, you know, with everyone else voting guilty. Um, six was, uh, looking for a motive. He was, like, kind of, like, the working man guy, you know, who, like, uh... Like later on, like a, a talk to him in the bathroom or whatever. He's like, oh, I don't know much about nothing. You know, I'm just working. Yeah, man. my boss is the one who does all the thinking. Yeah, I, I, I don't suppose. Well, much. I suppose. Yeah, I, well, I guess I'll give it a shot. I'll give a suppose and a shot. Um, <laughs> which I, I really enjoyed that guy. Um, number seven was uh, he was like the baseball fan uh, who um, it's all been said the kid's been troubled his whole life is what he said you know and he was always yeah. cracking jokes and just like ah, I gotta get to the game you see he's like the Yanks yeah. are in town with yeah. Cleveland ah, I got tickets to the game you see it's a great ball we're in New York why are y'all baseball fans ah, Mr. Baltimore over there <laughs> you guys 
you don't even have to watch the movie. That was a spot-on yeah. impersonation of juror number seven. <laughs> I'm not over. Um, number eight was the not guilty. You are down, but you are far, far from, from over. over. Yes. It's not the end. Or, this it is, is the, the end. end. <laughs> uh, watch Staying Alive, guys. Anyways, um, number eight was the not guilty. That was Henry Fonda, the main character, uh, Davis. Uh, that you know at the end. Uh, number nine was the um, he understands reasonable doubt. He's the old man who has a very strange affect about him throughout this movie. Oh, like, yeah. Well, I suppose you swayed me. I feel like he was like slightly bulging his eyes this entire movie too. Yes, like, he was doing. Like, you know something. who he's like? He is the guy who does the demonstration of the talking picture in Singing in the Rain. <laughs> oh yeah, you're right. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Yeah, he was all face. He was all expression. He was doing so he much face so acting. So much face. Just tearing up that face. Um, number 10 was the uh, just terribly prejudiced racist guy. who yeah, just 10 like, is just the super racist guy. Yeah, he just like had nothing to say except just be like, those people are dirty, white, worthless slums. We yeah. should kill all of them, you know. Um, number 11 was the foreigner who was like, it was the watchmaker. And like, he was like, you know had a roll get head on his shoulders you know and like really polite like i loved his line where he was like a he was like i beg pardon and he's like why are you saying that beg pardon like like who taught you to be so polite it's like same reason that you're so rude <laughs> like my upbringing yeah <laughs> <laughs> i love i was racist with some damn respect <laughs> yeah god damn it um and then number 12 was like the youngest guy who was an ad man and um and yeah, I I just I love like, who like kept like putting his glasses on like over that and over again, and, like, <laughs> and, or like uh, changing like stances. That's, like, that's he was, just like, in a, a model thing shoot. of like this actor. He's like, I need to have some business. Yeah. Like, yes. I need to be doing something because I don't have that many lines. So I'm just gonna get like just gonna have so much business. I'm gonna work with these props. Yes. Right. I'm gonna put my foot up on the stool, and then I can take it down and throw my coat over my shoulder. Yeah. Was, like, every time they cut to him after him being off screen for like more than like two minutes, he was like putting his glasses back on. Right. And I was just like, just just leave them on. Just just leave your glasses on. <laughs> I, I love how this movie starts out with us not knowing anything about the case. Like uh, in a movie you made today, they would give us like a rundown. There would be like a little thing at the top of like we'd get so we have to see the closing arguments so that everybody knows what's going on. Like yeah. no, this movie like takes its time and like unfolds all of the arguments like slowly over the course of the full hour and a half. I agree. I was worried that it was gonna be one of those things where you're kinda seeing the whole thing twice, where it was like you watched the the whole court scene and then you watch the deliberation you know and I was like yeah. ooh but then no this movie's smart <laughs> this movie's well done um alright we're gonna take a quick little break and then when we get back we're gonna um finish up the second half of our review of 12 Angry Men and we're back um so yeah, I um I felt like uh, the writing is what really just knocked this movie out of the park. Absolutely, and that kind of goes into how this movie got made. Um, this movie is based on a uh, teleplay by Reginald Rose. Um, this was a teleplay that Henry Fonda saw and he just absolutely loved. So he and this writer got together and they financed this movie themselves. 
What the hell is a teleplay? A teleplay is like a play written for television. Oh. Yeah. Like a soap opera. Like a, yeah, much. like a soap oh. opera. Before soap like, operas were really a thing. Or, something yeah, that doesn't like, exist anymore? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so... <laughs> <laughs> they, yeah, produced, kinda, yeah. they produced this movie themselves. They financed it themselves. Uh-huh. And uh, Henry Fonda went and hired Sidney Lament, who was a television director. This was Sidney Lament's first feature film. Oh, my God. He would then go on to have a very impressive feature film career. Wow. But, yeah, this is all coming from the script because Henry Fonda was so fond of the, the original script from the the teleplay they made a screenplay and then they made it a very successful stage play as well interesting um i uh uh i wonder i does that do you think that happens anymore where like an actor like gets a hold of a director and producer and like spearheads a pro- movie project on his own i feel like it's always like like if an actor does that he's also directing it yeah and or he, yeah. he or she is also directing it or writing it yeah i know? don't think it's something that happens these right days. yeah uh, it was nominated for Best Picture, Best Director, and Best Adapted Screenplay as well. I believe it. Um, it really knocked it out of the park. The cinematography was meh. There was a few times where I was a little frustrated by like some like talking off the screen or like someone wasn't like fully framed or something. You know? Um, Did you guys get any of that? Or I mean, somewhat. But I also think they're doing some really good things with the cinematography. Yeah. Like when we open the picture, like with shot from above, and everyone's like farther and farther apart, and as the movie progresses it gets tighter and tighter and people are closer and closer together and the camera angle comes down lower to more eye level. i definitely feel like um yeah the staging of it definitely felt like it came from a play oh yeah Uh, especially like when like the super bigot is like going off on his tirade and like everyone just starts like turning turning away from him like yeah at the table like they just like turn away and just like stop listening to him and then like one of them's just like sit down and don't say another word right and, and, and the framing and the blocking of it is difficult too because it's like 12 guys around a rectangular table like you're not gonna have everyone in frame all the time that's true like yeah. you have to find creative ways to shoot in that space to be able to get as many people as effectively as you can yeah, yeah. um i uh they're, they're like it, it causes for some like such tense moments like if you put yourself in these situations you know like they say some pretty like offensive things to one another and then they sit right next to each other and then like it's like for like silence you know like guy like threatens the other guy's life and then it's like all right we gotta hash this out still you know but, and you that, don't really mean you'll kill me do you yeah, <laughs> yeah. well because it's funny because like that's the guy who's like has like a you know bad relationship with his son <laughs> and he like constantly like keeps like proving himself wrong like he keeps like saying like my favorite moment like he's like oh well like he said like the kid said he was gonna kill somebody so of course he was gonna kill him and then he like turns around and says like that to the like the main guy who's like to yeah yeah, like and he's like i'm gonna kill you and he's like you don't really mean that do you right or he's like oh well like what about like reasonable doubt and he like picks up like the knife off the table and it's like after like the the same juror has like shown that he has like an identical knife and he like picks it up and he's like see like and he's like well actually that's the other knife that's the wrong knife and he's like god damn it yeah so it's like he just keeps proving himself like all of his points like, or, or like, or like my favorite moment is when he's talking about the old man and he's like he's like uh, oh you know he said he got there in like 15 seconds he's like I don't know or like he got there in 20 seconds he's like I don't know he said like 15 he's like what does he know he's an old man he doesn't remember anything it's like yeah. exactly uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's that's the entire point of reasonable doubt which is what we're talking about right now <laughs> but you could tell it was like 
he like I feel like it was like you could tell that he knew that he was in the wrong, but like just was like trying to hold on to it. But he can't of, let go of it. Yeah, yeah because exactly. of his own resentments and because of his own like fragile hold on like like I have to be right because I'm a man. You know? Yeah, toxic masculinity, one hundred percent. He's just like I can't be wrong. Like even when I'm proving myself wrong, right, yeah, I yeah. still just can't admit that I'm wrong. Right. It's just yeah. No. Good times. <laughs> Good stuff. <laughs> um, yeah, they, and in that note, uh, the, the acting just not, you know, just seals the deal in this movie. Oh, like, it's fantastic! Everyone is just doing a great job, you know. And uh, I love how each one has their own really distinct personalities, you know. The, regardless of how few lines they have, you know, you really get kind of a feel of like who they kind of are, you know. And yeah. Even though you only know, you don't even know their names. You just know them from this point of reference, you know, and like how. Yeah, and you only know them from like their jobs too. Like we find yeah. out what their jobs are, but we don't ever need to know their names. Right. Like, like one guy's a painter, another guy's like a stockbroker, and like the difference between those two characters because right. the one guy is approaching it from such an analytical standpoint he's saying like well he can't remember the names of the pictures like he's actually breaking down all these facts right the other guy is like well you know i just have this feeling like yeah. this and the, and the analytical guy like because he, he he i mean he's one of the one of the you know latter people to flip to not guilty but he also he does it very rationally where like he listens to peter to henry fonda and and is like oh yeah no you're right you know like using my own analysis like you're correct you know and, and, and the scene i love is like earlier when one of his other points that he's like really sticking to like it's disproven he actually sweats which is the payoff of a moment earlier where a guy says don't you ever sweat and he says like, no, I, no i don't, I don't. Yeah. but then when his point like one of his main salient points is proven wrong to him a drop of sweat just like beads down right yeah yeah no, i know i did really enjoy that um <laughs> Uh, there's something else I wanted to say about these characters. One in particular. Who? Was it Baseball Man? Baseball Man! <laughs> I just enjoyed that guy. Oh, no. Uh, I he, think he adds kind of not quite a comic relief to the movie, but right. like, he adds like a nice shift in tone to the movie because there's so many things that like it gets so tense and everyone's yelling! Right. And then it goes back to this guy being like, oh, I'm going to crack a joke. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and like, not to mention, like, it's... It, it's really accurate to what the culture was like in in New York at that time, like because I just I mean as you know I'm kind of obsessed with baseball and I, I went through the um, the baseball documentary really the good Ken Burns yeah. and uh, they talk about baseball in this era in New York and it was I mean people were fucking obsessed like I'm surprised there were more baseball fans on this jury and so it was really cool that like they were you know obviously it was you know, it was shot at the same time that this movie was taking place and everything, you know, that like, of course they had to add a baseball fanatic, you know, person onto the jury because that's what like, like 80% of New York was fucking doing at the time was just flipping out about baseball all the time. So I enjoyed that. Yeah. And when, when the baseball guy changes his vote, it's because he's just trying to get out of there. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like he just wants to get out of there so he can get to the ball game. Exactly. Yeah. That's the thing too. I feel like it seems like half of these people are like on juries every other week or something. Like they're like, Oh yeah. I was like on this, like, you know, burglars are the most boring cases. Right. They're like, it's just like, is being on a jury your job? <laughs> or like, and I feel like that also like 
maybe it was just like the time like there's you know a shallow shallower pool of people because they were only you know selecting certain people for juries and right so uh i don't know maybe people were more people were or people were getting jury duty more often back then because like well, i haven't been selected for jury duty in like 10 years knock on wood <laughs> it, it makes sense also that it would be a jury all of white guys because that's the in 1957 that's the jury that a prosecutor would be looking for for this guy yeah for, like, right. this defendant yeah yeah yeah, um, and I, I, I think I the last time I got called jury duty, they had this whole thing that was like the percentage of cases that go to jury have slimmed down, in you know the past few decades, and this whole system of oppression where you automatically make guilty and you know get booked into the system without a fair trial and all that stuff is more common practice now than it was back in the day. Even though back in the day it was probably even less fair because of. <sighs> racism yeah <laughs> um that's a very succinct way to put everything <laughs> not that that has gone anywhere um so yeah uh, i'm starting to get wrapped up in my notes guys how are you guys doing uh yeah i think I'm... i've got a couple quick things um this is just a brief excerpt from roger ebert's review of this movie he says a masterpiece of stylized realism the style coming in the way of the photography and editing comment on the bare bones of the content yeah i like that yeah the, i read his review and that was my favorite phrase out of it because i thought that that's like a really good summation of some of this yeah um and just my final little things that i always do it has an 8.9 on imdb a 100 percent rotten tomatoes a 97 percent audience tomatoes sounds fair yeah i enjoy it um what else uh, i really enjoyed henry fonda Henry Fonda is great. Henry Fonda fan yep. for sure. Um, I uh, quite fond of him. I'm fond of him. Uh, <laughs> I like that. That was nice. <laughs> That's really nice. <laughs> oh, uh, one, one thing that I was, I was going. Uh, one last thing that I that was the juror that I wanted to talk about besides baseball man was uh, the the ad man. Um, after watching Mad Men, it was like, <laughs> sorry guys. No, I was like, involved so <laughs> everything like... I really do. Uh, like. Before he even said that he was an ad man, I was like, that guy's an ad man. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, that that I think that wraps up our review for uh, 12 Angry Men. Thanks, Colin. Yeah. Um, and we will take another little break and we'll be back for recommendations. And we're back. Hi, guys. Hi, Dennis. Good. Now, now that we're done talking about this movie, I feel like I don't have to like shout it at you anymore. <laughs> you don't have to yell <laughs> at me. I'm gonna be like, "How dare you talk to me like that, <laughs> sir?" <laughs> All right, Colin. Um, what kind of recommendation do you have this week? Uh, I'm gonna recommend Love on Netflix. Uh, Gillian Jacobs and Paul Rust. Uh, really fun little comedy, dramedy, really about um, these two characters who are kind of struggling with the relationship that they find themselves in, and like how it's kind of on and off and if it's really gonna work out huh cool movie uh tv show tv show yeah cool tv show on netflix two seasons right on uh great what do you got uh yeah i would like to make one correction from last week uh i said donnie chang i think donnie chen either way his name is ronnie chang okay. chang chang <laughs> 
and he's hilarious. He's on The Daily Show. Uh, and I was like, oh, damn it. As soon as I got home, I was like, damn it, that was the wrong name. <laughs> um, and it's just because I'm horrible with names. Sorry, um, Colin called Henry Fodder Peter Fodder. Yeah, I, did, I did say Peter Fodder. <laughs> and like doubled week. down on it. Yes, yes. <laughs> I did. Like, no, that's his son. Um, and then I will also recommend a Netflix show, which is Dear White People Season 2. Yay. Oh my god, it's so good. Oh, <laughs> like, the second season, I was just like, when it ended, I was just like, I need more. <laughs> it's over now. Oh my god, I'm so sad. <laughs> um, and I will also recommend um, not fucking calling the police on black people when they're just trying to live their fucking lives. I just think that's something that apparently needs to be Does said. Does that happen to you? Because, no, I mean, that's just been happening a lot oh, lately. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's been happening yeah. quite a bit so, lately. And it's so, I just it's think so that's bad that that just, just happens stop. all the time. And so I was like, oh my God, it happened to you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just think it's something that should stop. I mean, I have seen myself, like, as a, list, like, as a, at a next door post, uh-huh. as, like, a suspicious person in the neighborhood what? when I used to live over um, a little further uh, south east of here over on Perry oh, okay. um yeah I, I, oh, yeah, I yeah. do remember like seeing myself on a next door post and be like that's me and I walk past here every single day on my way to work at Sunflower slash Sprouts back when I was working <laughs> right. at Sprouts back in the day it's like that's real cool yeah. that's that's great to know that that's happening like where I live and yeah, yeah. that's real well, it feels really really comforting and welcoming to the neighborhood yeah. I'm glad that the place that I've lived <laughs> in my whole life has been yeah doesn't like me <laughs> So yeah, just yeah, stop doing that. Like, just yeah. stop. Just stop. Yeah, that's all I have to say. Yeah, on that. <laughs> just fucking slow your roll, white people. Yeah, like, yeah, like it, it sucks that you're like scared and because you're racist. Like, I get it. You're scared, but you're also racist. So. You're also just living in this culture of fear. So right, it's like, oh yeah, but just chill. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, like they're he's just you know going to starbucks or they're right. just they're just having a barbecue or walking his child in yeah. a stroller yeah. like guess what? on a bike path like, they're, they're just living their lives just like you are yeah, man like, having a barbecue in a park fucking like, have just, just fucking yeah. get just fuck off you know it doesn't matter you know it's like that screaming lawyer dude the racist oh, lawyer dude dude and there was like a there was another video from like 2016 that popped up did you see that same lawyer like this guy was walking down the street and he looked like you know like some like white guy with a you know a bun and a beard or whatever you know and uh the lawyer like shoved a bag in his chest and then the guy started filming after that you know so that's where it picks up where it's like he's with his girlfriend or like his lady friend and uh he's like he turns to her he's like do you know this guy and this guy's like screaming at him he's like you filthy foreigner this is what he says like you filthy foreigner i'm calling the fucking cops right now i'm gonna get you fucking kicked out of this country right now He's like screaming this stuff, and like the guy like turns to his girlfriend, like, "Do you know this guy?" And she's like, "No, I thought you did." He's like, "I don't know this guy," and they just walk away. Wow. And then he like he like is like, "I'm filming you. I'm fucking filming you." He's like, "Don't worry, dude. I'm filming you too." Yeah. You know? And then like uh like you know it was like it was a Twitter post, and like the guy that filmed the the you know the post like he commented and he was like. Yeah, by the way, I'm a white dude from Buffalo, New York. Like, <laughs> I am like I don't know what the fuck. Like this is out of hand. You yeah. Know? Um. Yeah, man. Yeah, I know it's a, it's a fucking crazy time, and it's a lot of these people just feel empowered to fucking they do let all out of like their bullshit, like you know, yeah, because they're like, oh, it's okay to be racist again. Yeah, yeah let's run <laughs> hog wild. Yeah, right. or or just to be like reactionary, like ignorant pieces of shit, you know, and like 
not think about shit, you know, before they fucking open their mouths or turn on their phones or some crap, you know? It, it, it drives me insane. This segues into my recommendation. <laughs> Good. Let's, let's get back into the positive. <laughs> no, it's going to stay in the negative because <laughs> my recommendation is the excellent podcast, Yo, Is This Racist? Oh, yeah. Uh, hosted by Andrew T. Andrew Ty. Um, now co-hosted by Tawny Newsom. Oh, I love her. And so that's how I'm getting back awesome. into it. And it's fucking amazing. Um, yeah, it's fan-fucking-tastic. And it's just basically what we're talking about right now. I, I imagine it's a lot like Dear White People, where, like, I don't know. I, I haven't seen Dear White People. Oh, my God, do it. Yeah. Do it. It's so good. It, like, it started as, like, a... Wasn't it, like, a... It was a movie, and then okay. uh, the show picks up, picks up, like, right where the movie left off. Uh, and it's just about, like, uh, a group of... Uh, I mean, they're not, like, a singular group, but it's, like, the characters within the movie... Or the show and the movie... Um, or like all like black people at like an Ivy League school mm-hmm. uh, and just kind of like their experiences and one of them named Sam uh, she hosts like a radio show where essentially she's like just like calling out like the bullshit that she sees and uh, and it's like it's like it's like everything I mean it's it's really just like it addresses like you know like sexism and misogyny like across the board it, it, it addresses like homophobia and right. like just like racism like you know like across the board like it, it addresses like colorism in terms of like um you know like the differences in like treatment and like platforms that you know people who are like lighter skinned and like the black community have mm. uh versus like you know like some of like the more like ostracization that uh people with darker skin face like even from like uh, like other like races and from like white people and, uh-huh. or like within um, their own race yeah exactly yeah. so it's like it's really just like a really good uh depth like deep dive into and it's and it's funny too like it's right. it's funny and it's like uh it's poignant and mm. it's like it's it's a great show i definitely recommend it cool yeah yeah, yeah you you have before and I've i've been meaning to get into it and just from the smattering of fucking way too much entertainment that's going I know, on. There's, there's, just so there's, there's just so much. And, and so I'm, I'm glad, you know, Yo! Is This Race is a lot like that. You know, it's more, you know, it's podcast form. And so they like, it like it could be called Dear White People. It really could. Because, there's, you know, there's white people who call it and be like, is this racist? And they're like, ha yeah. <laughs> it's great. You know, it's yeah. just, it's such a breath of fresh air to listen to really intelligent people talk about some really important issues without fucking flying off the handle and screaming about shit you know i mean they they yell and scream and everything but they make it fun and like informative you know and you know guess what you can learn shit and it's okay you know it it makes you better to learn like oh yeah yeah, this thing is racist right yeah it's so it's okay to learn new things and to change your mind of things that you just inherently thought were okay to think you know and And I, in like, you know, I, uh, that's just really important. And then that, that podcast, I think does a really good job, you know, kind of making that like, Hey, <laughs> approachable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I really like that show. Um, I think that wraps up our recommendations a bit longer than normal. Yeah. Um, but well, we, we kind of went on a rant there. Yeah. So. yeah. <laughs> really important topics, <laughs> you know, kind of, we don't, yeah, we don't very often like get political on here. But oh, never. Like, no. But you know, it's just like I mean, we usually within the context of the movie, but this is kind of like right. separate from that even. So like, right. you it's know. just got out of hand lately, and I feel like you know, like we're all on the same page, and it's important to all three of us, and and the, you know, and particularly our network of friends, and you know, who we associate with, and everything. And yeah. so I feel like since we have this voice, like I feel like every once in a while, it's imperative that we, you know, uh, there was a post by um, uh, 
someone that posted online I, I don't even follow her i think someone else liked it but they it was on twitter and they, they said you know people say i'm obsessed with racism i'm not i'm obsessed with survival and you know that's something that i don't think a single white person understands yeah you know, not yeah. even me and and i don't think i ever can and i'll do my damnedest too and i think that's that's what we can do you know as people like it's yeah. not like there's like a golden point of enlightenment where it's like i'm no longer racist you know <laughs> everyone fucking has their shit you know and so we're all on the struggle bus together and we're all doing the best we can yeah you just yeah. keep listening and like keep learning because isn't that like the whole point of like being, of, of human? being a human being yeah, yeah. it's like we it's have these brains like and yeah. to grow. Yeah. Right. so let's all do that yeah right <laughs> Um, so cool. Uh, I think that wraps us up. Um, where to find us? You can find us on Twitter, right? You can find yeah. us on the website, the twitter.com, where you can tweet <laughs> things at us at IWYTWT. And if you have a movie recommendation that you would like us to cover um, at length, uh, we will do that. And it'll be great. Um, so tweet at us for that. You can tweet at us individually. I am at the Debucks. I'm at Cathartikus. I am at Cullen Munch. And um, hey, uh, you can also, we have a Facebook group. Facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash IWITWT. I post all the, uh, you know, episodes when they air on there and we discuss. And you can also, Facebook's your pro, your platform. You can also put recommendations there. So there's places to, rec- to contact us. As always, please rate and review us on iTunes. It's just the most common platform to grow podcasts. Um, help us grow our little audience. Blah, 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 blah. You've all heard this before. <laughs> um, what movie are we doing next, guys? I threw down Sandlot just randomly because I found I you know I just got it and I like um, the movie so that's that's one. Well, I know uh, Tara who may be listening right now Ooh. wants to do the Abyss with us, so we should probably get on that one soon. Oh, I'd like um, to do a James Cameron. I don't know if we want to do that next. We can probably do that maybe like uh, a couple weeks out. Maybe. Okay. That's fine. Um, but yeah, maybe ne- I would be down to do the Sandlot. It's like summertime. It, I was just it's thinking like, that. It's the perfect yeah. time of right. year to yeah. talk about the Sandlot. Yeah, and it, it'll give me a little chance to annoy you guys with some baseball shit. So <laughs> that's... Ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> what happened to you, Dennis? What happened? It's a lot of fun. <laughs> I'm having a lot of fun. Um, anyways, that wraps us up. Join us next week. Bye. <laughs> Come on. you to watch come on and watch with me i want you to watch i just watch this watch this movie with me i said i want you to watch watch the fucking movie